Hi guys, it's Breen again and welcome to this week's episode of the Do More Hope Project. I'm a bit under the weather this week, as you can probably tell, um, but I just wanted to make sure I got this episode recorded because I did commit to once a week and I'm not going to let you guys down. So before I get started, last week's episode, it was a special Friday edition because I was going to London that weekend and I think it's probably my best one yet. So if you haven't had a listen, have please do and let me know what you think. So... This week was very interesting guys, um, although I was battling with a bit of a head cold and a bit of a fever for the first couple of days, um, you know, I do think that I actually achieved quite a bit and there's a few exciting things I want to share with you. So the first topic I wanted to cover with you guys this week is sales. I know, I know, I've probably lost half of you already, but for those of you that are actually interested in this area, I think you'll find a lot of value in this week's episode. In my last job, I witnessed something that's kind of stuck with me since. Um, a colleague of mine, who I'm not going to name, would I'd often see them manually altering their email signature. And one day I finally kind of plucked up the courage and asked them, like, what are you doing? And they said, oh, you know, I just don't like having sales in my title. So I often change it to consultant or something like that. Just it sounds too salesy. I have to tell you guys, like, that really has stuck with me. And I think that, like, first of all, I think she's wrong. Um, and I think that, um, you know, it's fair to say that, you know, this whole idea, this preconceived notion of the snake oil salesman who's just there to con you out of your money, um, it did exist, um, but not for a long time. I mean, I read somewhere um, not so long ago that, Consumers are now up to 70% more informed than they would have been just 15 years ago. Why? Because of the internet, of course. Like, I mean, it, I, think it, I think that's a very believable stat. I mean, if you want to do anything, if you want to make a purchase of any kind, if you want to go traveling, if you want to do anything, you're going to spend time researching it online and all that information is there. So like the days of just kind of, selling bullshit and putting a price on it and the customer not really having the ability to um kind of share their frustrations on any kind of platform are gone i mean in in those times somebody got a shitty pro- product you know they could only tell five or six people and that would be it but like nowadays you can just you know you could blast any brand on any social media platform and thousands of people will see it instantly and it creates a certain level of accountability that just wasn't there before so when i was feeling a little bit better um, i decided to go down to starbucks and start working on some call scripts the reason for this uh, wasn't really because i felt i needed to you know create an overly scripted call flow but it was just to create a bit of structure because i did make a few calls last week and you know some very routine things um didn't really go as well as they could have the introduction wasn't very strong or the transition into asking them about their business just seemed a bit clunky and awkward and i realized the reason for that was i hadn't put in the time to prep what I was actually going to say before making the call. And, you know, obviously the ability to, you know, if you're going to be 
truly successful, you're going to have to be able to flex away from this original structure. But if you're going to make call after call, having some kind of guideline or framework is always going to be valuable. I mean, having an intro, having the discovery phase, having like building a building a value prop based on exactly you know what they've told you and the things that they're focused on for the year recapping to show that you've actually listened and you're taking on board what they've said and then obviously eventually getting to the all-important close and um, but i really do think that the difference between good salespeople and great salespeople kind of fall on two things their ability to ge generate genuine rapport with the customer and their ability to handle and overcome objections. And I think that it's very clear when there's somebody who's maybe not as experienced and they're just reading from a call script and as soon as they have to go any way off that, that framework, they get awkward and stodgy and it just doesn't go the right way. But when you can approach people with a genuine want to solve their biggest problem that's when all the doors open and this i believe is going to be my biggest differentiating factor because when i approach customers the only thing i'll be interested in is creating and maintaining a relationship with them while understanding their business needs for the upcoming year and helping them understand how I'm going to use the Facebook ad product to, you know, to help them achieve those goals. And my intentions are going to be pure. I just want to deliver for them because I know that if I deliver for one customer, that will turn into two customers, will turn into three customers and so on. But the only way I'm going to do that the only way this is going to continue to grow and scale is if I am honest, if I am upfront, and if I'm very transparent about, you know, this is the, this is what's going to cost you. This is what we're going to do. This is what my fee is. This is, you know, this is the exact strategy we're going to use. And this is all based on exactly what you just told me your priorities are for the upcoming year. That's the key. I'm not trying to hit some aggressive sales target given to me by a management team that has to answer to a higher senior management team who then also have to answer to the shareholders. I don't have that corporate pressure. I understand and appreciate the fact that if I do not deliver these results for these clients, I'm not going to have many more clients and I won't stay in business very long. So it's a different position. It's not you know, it's it's not what they're used to. I'm not going to try and tie them into a 12-month contract that they don't want to be a part of. You know, I'm not going to charge them, you know, five, six times the amount that I want, that, you know, that they should be paying because I've been stuck with the target that's probably unachievable. I'm going to attack this from a way of, I want to be the honest, transparent salesperson that just wants to help them achieve their business goals. And that's it. So that's what I did guys. I went back to basics and I worked on a call flow from start to finish. So I looked at the intro and I said, how can I make this intro as strong as possible? How can I earn the right to speak to these customers who have never heard of me, never heard of Do More Hub? How am I gonna get to speak to the decision makers? And, I've, and I mapped out three or four different intros for that. 
Then I thought about the discovery stage, which essentially is you trying to find out as much information as possible about their business and, you know, trying to get that a bit of an insight into their priorities for the year or any challenges they're facing or if they have any current, you know, measures in place to address those. But essentially what you're trying to do in the discovery stage is understand where their business needs are and give you a better understanding of how you can actually help them. And then it kind of comes to the value prop stage where, you know, to, to be less technical is your presentation of your solution and how it can address those issues that they've just spent maybe a few minutes, you know, explaining to you. So, and this is critical guys, because your, the strength of your value prop or value selling, um, as some people may know it as, is the difference between, you know, closing that customer and burning that bridge because they want to know, they want to feel like you've really understood their issue and you've presented them a, a solution to that problem. And one of the best sales quotes I've ever heard was, you get paid in direct proportion to the size of the problem that you're trying to solve for your customers. So keep that in mind. And that really is gonna be my mantra going forward. And then when you've basically, but when you've taken and you've taken a strong intro into into play. You've also done taken your time to do a good discovery. You've you've presented them with your value prop. Obviously, the next thing then is to think of various different creative ways that you can ask for the business. Because I think this is it's so funny, and uh, you know over the years there's so many people that have different strengths for the different parts of the sales call, and um, but some people just are not closers and they just can't. There's a there's some kind of issue. Maybe it's with their own relationship with money. Who knows that they just do not like like asking for the business. Like, do you want to go ahead with this? Or you know, how would you like to pay? You know, like asking for the business is so important, guys. Because if you've built all this value and you've listened and you've given your time, but you're not gonna like ask for the business with confidence, what are you doing it for? So. This is vital and this is obviously going to be, you know, what results in you closing that sale and getting that money for your business. So it is a, the, the most important part. Um, but again, it's worth mapping out a number of these different closes so that you're not just saying the same thing over and over and it gets repetitive and stale because it has to be genuine. It has to come from a place that you want to be having a conversation with the client. You're not just going through your call flow that you've prepared. Okay, you might be doing that and you might recognize at different points of the call that this is where we are now, this is where it needs to go next. But I think that is the key. I mean, the superstar salespeople know how to ask the right questions and direct the you know direct the conversation towards where they wanted to go they're already four or five steps ahead they're not being manipulative they're just they're just so good at what they do and they understand the science behind selling to such an extent that they're already seeing the play-by-play -play before it happens and i feel i'm like a, i feel like i'm at that level I do. And I have to have that belief in myself, especially now, because I'm leveraging those strengths. I'm going all in on those strengths and I'm going to build the vast majority of the cash flow for my company, you know, on the basis of that belief. So I don't really have an option. It's zero option mentality, guys. 
we have to go out and do it and that's what i'm gonna do and finally guys before we move on to the other bit of exciting news i have for you this week I know you've probably noticed that I didn't mention the objection handling as part of that breakdown, but there's a reason for that. It's because there's no set place for objection handling in a call flow. It can happen at any point during the call, and quite often it will happen at the end, right as you're asking for the business, which is to be expected, I guess. And as a new venture, you know, they won't be aware of who I am. They won't know the brand. So I guess I have to anticipate that a lot of these objections are going to come at this point. But I think it's going to be my ability to, you know, put myself in their shoes, show empathy and help them understand that delivering these results for them, you know, delivering a client experience that is better is way above average and hold myself to a certain level of excellence, you know, and just helping them understand that I am there to solve their biggest problem and that I really, like my reputation's on the line. I mean, if if I spend a half an hour on the, on the phone to a client and I've given them the best sales call they've ever been a part of and they pay me the money and I put together a campaign and it doesn't deliver, my, my, like, that's just not an option. And I think getting that across to them in a way that addresses the concerns that they have around, you know, pricing or, you know, what is going to be my ROI, you know, that's going to be the key. And I'm very confident that I can communicate this to them, you know, in the flow of conversation to a point where they're actually going to choose do more hub to manage their social media and to run a campaign for them. And the ultimate goal would be to help them understand why they should not just pay the set introductory pricing that I'm going to have for them, but to have to use every single piece of their marketing spend on Facebook and Facebook alone. That's the ultimate goal. But you have to start somewhere, right? And finally, guys, I met with the NDRC on Friday. The meeting was very positive. And, you know, I've met with them before, so they did know who I was. <laughs> Although I did present a much more basic business plan. So it was great to come back and say, look, I've quit my job. This is how much progress I've made. This is the plan. And they were very impressed. So much so that they've given me an opportunity to pitch in two weeks time uh, to be potentially part of their upcoming accelerator program. So I think that's a pretty positive outcome, right? So I'll let you know how that goes. They've given me certain criteria to abide by, you know, certain things that they're focused on. And I need to make the best business case as to why I should be considered. So stay tuned for that. I'll let you know how that goes. And next week is going to be a big week, guys. I'm going to commit to the new workspace in Tara Street, that colourful Tara building. Um, it's kind of been my top pick of co-working spaces, but I've tried a few different um, spots just to see what else is out there. But I think it's time to commit there, even for the next week, because you can do it kind of non-consecutively a week at a time. I'm going to take some of my own advice from this episode of the podcast and just talk to customers all day every day from Monday to Saturday and then I'm really excited for next week's episode of the podcast where I get to tell you how I get on. So this has been you know the 
<laughs> this has been probably one of the longest episodes I've done. Probably the most challenging to record. I've re-recorded a number of segments here. And you, I'm probably getting a bit hoarse because I've said certain things over and over again. But this is the process, guys. I'm putting in the work so that I want to document this journey for you. And this is the, you know, this is it, guys. This is this is my opportunity to show the world what I can do, to show them how big Do More Hope can actually get, and to show them what I'm truly capable of. But ultimately, my whole reasoning behind doing this is to, sh to really just embrace my true potential and to not just be sitting in a cubicle for the rest of my life building someone else's dream because it's time to build mine. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of the podcast and I'll speak to you again next week.